0: Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Got a very special episode coming your way today, guys. It is officially March Madness. It is NCAA Tournament Week. The action kicks off on Thursday, and this is our bracket breakdown episode. We're going to go over a lot of different topics on how to pick your bracket and fill it out for this March Madness season. It's a little different from the DFS episodes that I normally do. Those will be returning. Don't worry. They'll be coming all week. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. You'll get alerted when new episodes drop. But this time, we're going to talk about how to make picks. And so if you want to be in our official Mike's Money Picks bracket pool, make sure that you follow me on Twitter send me a DM so that way I can get your payment information and get you in the pool. It is going to be a $10 paid pool. So if you want in that, reach out to me on Twitter so that way I can get you in that. Now, on this episode, we got a special guest. It is my dad, Kevin. He is joining me because he knows college basketball. He is actually the one that kind of got my interest in college basketball sparked and my interest in March madness sparked. We've done a bracket pool with, you know, my family between him, my mom and myself for the past 20 years all with varying amounts of success for the three of us. But, you know, he watches college basketball all the time. We text about it all the time and he's very knowledgeable. He knows all the analytics and it's been a lot of fun. I'm recording this after the fact, but it was a lot of fun to sit down with my dad and talk about some college hoops and break down the bracket. And I'm hoping that you guys enjoy it as well. All right. So we're going to go ahead and kick things off. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. So I'm sitting here with my dad and we are going to go through a few different topics and a few different concepts to help build your bracket. We are not going to just pick all 67 games. No one wants to hear that. So we're just gonna kind of give you a lot of ideas, a lot of information for you know, a lot of different teams. We're gonna kind of go on a deeper dive of a few teams as opposed to just kind of barely breezing through all 68 games. All right, so Dad, you ready to talk? Yes. All right, so first concept, uh, first, uh, I guess, topic. We're going to go with the double-digit seed who will advance the farthest in this tournament. So, when I sat down to look at this, I I looked at who would actually be the winner for the last six years. And in 2016, that's Syracuse. They made the Final Four. 2017, Xavier made the Elite Eight. 2018, Loyola Chicago made the Final Four. 2019, Oregon made the Sweet 16. 2021, UCLA made the Final Four. Almost beat Gonzaga. And then 2022, Miami and St. Peter's both made the Elite Eight. Now, I'll kind of throw St. Peter's out, but Dad... Which one of those doesn't belong? My uh, St. Peter's. Well, yeah, St. Peter's, but there's another one. You, you you looking a little closer? Syracuse. Okay, why wouldn't Syracuse belong?
1: They're from a major conference. They were favored in their first game. Okay. Uh, that okay. would be
0: my reasons. Okay, so I would say out of that group, Loyal Chicago is the misfit because every other team on there, excluding St. Peter's as well, because I think that one was just kind of more of a once-in-a-lifetime type occurrence. Loyola Chicago is the only mid-major on that list. Every other Correct. team in the last six years who's been a double-digit, who's advanced the farthest, has been from a power major conference. So my pick, I'm not going to waste time looking at the mid-majors for this. I'm going with a high major, and I'm going with the NC State Wolfpack. I'm looking at a team that has a very high ceiling. They have a close loss to Kansas back at the battle for Atlantis, and they've beaten Duke and Miami, two you know, very legitimate NCAA tournament teams. They've also got a legitimate NBA player, Terquavian Smith, and another guard, Jar- Jarkel Joyner, who is very effective offensively. And when those two get hot, they get scorching hot. And if the Wolfpack can come through and be hot for a few games, that's a recipe for a long tournament run. Also, like DJ Burns, if you've never watched him play, he's super entertaining, super fun to watch really good touch around the rim and he can exploit mismatches down low if a team is not big inside where nc state struggles they struggle defending ball screens and with five out spacing because dj burns is not a perimeter defender they'll run a lot of drop coverage where he kind of just lurks in the paint and guards can just shoot over it and i'm looking at their matchups Syracuse is not really a ball screen heavy team. Ryan Kalkbrenner is not a stretch five. Baylor doesn't have scoring bigs either. Flo Thamba and Jonathan Chamuachacho are just going to sit at the rim. So I really think that NC State, the path sets up well for them, and they have such a high ceiling that I could absolutely see NC State in the Elite Eight or the Sweet 16. What do you think about NC State? I think they're a very solid team.
1: I watched them a couple times. They were uh, very impressive down in Atlantis. And... uh... Yeah, they've got a very high ceiling.
0: Okay, so uh, are you picking the
1: Wolfpack to go far? No, uh, Actually, I think they'll probably get past their, uh,
0: their first game's Creighton, right? Yeah.
1: Actually, I'm probably not going to pick them to get out you of like the first round. I
0: like Creighton to win that game. I, now see, to me, I think if they beat Creighton, I think they're going to be in the Sweet 16. The I, bracket
1: I, sets up nicely because I, I had Creighton going. I, I see Creighton going going. Past past their second game.
0: I, I agree. I like. I just think the winner of that game, looking at, I, I don't. I'm concerned about Baylor. Yeah. I'm very concerned about Baylor, and so I think that the winner of the Creighton NC State game is going to go a long way in this tournament. So Creighton would actually be would actually be favored against against Baylor, really? Or Ken Palm? Okay. Based so on Ken Palm right now. That's one of the reasons I was. So lying. Ken Palm doesn't love Baylor, huh? They do not love Baylor. <laughs> okay. So who would you say is the double digit that's going to go the farthest? I picked Utah State. Okay. Tell me uh, why. Rationale. They have the highest Ken Palm rating
1: among all double-digit seeds at 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be favored in their first game against uh, seven-seed Mizzou by four to five points. I buy that. Uh, and they should not be an underdog by any more than four points until a potential regional final matchup against Arizona. Okay. They've got balanced scoring. Five guys scoring double fi- figures. They are a very solid uh, shooting team. They're number twelve in effective field goal percentage. Uh, They're not three point happy, but they've got three guys that shoot over thirty seven percent from three, Mm -hmm. so they can hit the three. Veteran team. They're number ranked number twenty seven in terms of experience. Uh,
0: They've got enough height to play with the big boys. They're thirty second. They're not going to be one of those average height, so they're not. They're not going to be one of those mid majors that gets just bullied by a big man. No, no, I don't yeah. see, no, I don't see that happening. Counter arguments: They don't have a lot of great non-conference wins. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: although, Mountain West is a pretty tough conference, and they're not elite defensively. Uh, they've got a 6 they're sixty-four Ken Palm on defense.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, other teams I considered was USC. Uh, they they played really well in their two games against UCLA. The, their highest spread before the regional finals likely to be six points. Only downside I saw the big downside I saw with them was they were only five and four in their last nine
0: games. So they're not hot coming they're in. They're not hot. Yeah. No. So I really like your pick of Utah State. Uh, I have them winning their round one game. Uh, against Missouri. I I think that's going to be a super high-scoring affair. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, Missouri doesn't play a lot of defense. Missouri, um, very inconsistent team, so I think Utah State can absolutely get past them. I'm with you on that. Uh, I do have Michigan State beating USC, though. Uh, I'd never bet against Tom Izzo in March. That's like part of like the NCAA tournament manifesto for me. So <laughs> that was another reason I hesitated to pick. Them yeah. Now, for this same topic, double-digit seed, though, to go the farthest. Before the bracket came out, I wanted to make this Oral Roberts. I really did just because, you know, they've been there before. They have that tournament experience. Max Acemus, um was on the team two years ago, and he was their best player when they made the Sweet 16. Same coach with Paul Mills. And Oral Roberts, they're a difficult team to defend. You know, I watched this team play in the summer league, and they run this pick-and-pop game with Max A. Smith and Connor Vanover, who's like 7'5", and it's very difficult to defend. I think they're going to give Duke some issues, but I don't like the fact that they got matched up with Duke. Like, if Oral Roberts was against any other five seed, I would be picking them to go to the Sweet 16 instantly. I just I don't know if they're going to be able to get past Duke. What, what do you think about Oral Roberts, Dad? Same thing. Got a lot of tournament experience very good
1: offensively. They're only They're only going to be about a 5-point underdog to Duke. To Duke. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a relatively tight spread. Uh, they're not super offensively, they're not super defensively. 107 game mm-hmm. uh, and they've been they're not right, they're not hot right now. They yeah. play they're playing okay, they're not out. again, I, I kind of like what you said. Uh Duke is a Duke is a, is a tough matchup for mm-hmm. them with the two, with the bigs. They were lively in Filipowski.
0: So are you picking Duke to win that game? I am. Mm-hmm. So I like I said, I think with Oral Roberts, I don't like that matchup. Like, If I could just put them in any other 12 spot, I would be putting them in the Sweet 16 in my bracket. But uh, right now I have them beating Duke. Um, the four thirteen in that region is actually Tennessee and Louisiana, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. That one, um, that's an intriguing matchup to me. And I really think that the Duke-Oral Roberts winner – sets up well to go into the Sweet 16. Um, and I think that both of those teams, if they get there, could play with Purdue. I just don't know. The, the question is when you're picking your bracket is how much confidence do you have them in winning that round one game that you're going to pick them to go far, right? So that Duke or Roberts game, definitely one to be out to watch for uh, opening weekend. Some, some interesting counterpoints uh-huh. on that. Uh, Tennessee is 5 and
1: Ken Palm. Duke is 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they would, based on their net ratings... This spread in that game is probably going to be five to six points in favor of Tennessee. Correct. The other thing, when I looked at that, I'm like thinking, okay, Tennessee has really not played well down the stretch. No,
0: they, well, they lost their starting point guards at Guy So. Z.
1: One of the things I did, one of the, one of the things I did mm-hmm. to see who's hot and who's not was I I, uh, I ran Bartovic for the last month of the, mm-hmm. the regular season. Tennessee is actually 16th in Bartovic over the last month.
0: You know, that comes out better than I thought
1: it was and going And 18th to. defensively. Mm-hmm. So, uh, also, quite frankly, I think the ACC is garbage this year. <laughs> so, I think Duke Duke has looked really good on the eye test. Against but mediocre I, teams. But against, against yeah. poor teams. So, I kind of like Tennessee to come out of that. Okay. That
0: little bracket and go on to the Sweet 16. Okay. I, I could see that as well. The, the, The big worry for me with Tennessee is the injured to Ziegler. Uh, I think if if they get good production out of Santiago Vescovi and their other guards, I think they'll be fine. But not having that guy that really runs the show and kind of carries them offensively at times this season is definitely going to hurt. All right, now let's go ahead and move on to our second topic here. So, official picks for double-digit seed that advanced the farthest. I have NC State. My dad had? Utah State. All right. So now let's go with the highest seed that won't make it out of opening weekend. So, I'm just going to go ahead and start off. I'm going to go with the Baylor Bears. I, I'm very concerned about this Baylor team. They're ending their season on back-to-back losses against Iowa State. Who's in this tournament? There is 60. Iowa State is no slouch. But it's not like they ended their season losing to a Kansas or a Texas in the Big 12 tournament, right? And Baylor is very dependent on isolation. Their offense is basically predicated on Keontae George and Adam Flagler getting buckets one-on-one. And that's a style that in the NCAA tournament, if the shots are hitting, you're going to be fine. If they're not hitting, you're going to be in trouble. And I don't think that Baylor defensively is going to be good enough to overcome inconsistent offense because they're currently ranked outside the top 100 defensively on Kenpoff. So I don't know if I'm necessarily going to predict Baylor to use UC Santa Barbara, but I'm definitely picking nc state to beat them in round two i would feel confident about creighton beating them in round two if creighton does beat nc state so what do you think about baylor Dan? i i I think you you're very sound there in terms of the fact that it's
1: doubtful they get past the second round they'd actually be a one-point underdog to creighton Mm -hmm. uh creighton is a much better defensive team 15 ken palm to baylor's 104 Mm -hmm. and uh playing well at the right times so i think baylor's a team that that
0: could very well be gone after the first two mm-hmm. games. Now, another thing that I thought of, too, is that I, I like Baylor to lose no matter who their round two opponent is. It's super difficult to predict round two matchups against one and two yep. seeds. Because these eight and nine games, they're just coin flips, right? Yeah. So one thing that I looked at, I really like West Virginia over Alabama if we get that matchup. You know, West Virginia, they may be a nine seed, but they're 17th in Ken Palm. And they're 15th on offense and 52nd on defense. You know, pretty balanced attack for West Virginia. And they have plenty of long, athletic forwards that they can throw at Brandon Miller and give him trouble defensively. They force a lot of turnovers. And Alabama's pretty much given the point guard reins to Javon Quinterly in the SEC tournament. And Javon Quinterly turns the ball over a lot. He turns it over on 23.8% of possessions he's in the game. So I, I really think that West Virginia over Alabama, if that comes to fruition, is something that can happen. But, you know, the question is can West Virginia beat Maryland? I I don't know I, I, I have West Virginia winning that game but I'm not super confident in it. what do you think about the Mountaineers that the uh, the Maryland matchup looks like a pick'em mm-hmm. they're both both around in net rating of
1: 18-19 Ken Palm uh, yes if West Virginia gets by Maryland they could pose some problems for, for Alabama okay uh, although Alabama is is very strong uh, both sides of the ball they're uh, three overall and Ken Palm three defensively mm-hmm. and uh if you look at how they've performed over the last month per uh, Bartopic, they would be the fourth ranked team in the country and fifth defensively. So they're very deserving of that. Yeah, number I, one seed. I would yeah. yeah, I think it's a possibility, it's not one I bet on.
0: Okay. So what um what one or two or three seed do you have losing in the opening weekend aside from the Baylor Bears?
1: I would say I would really say watch out for Purdue. Okay. Uh, they have not played like a one seed over the last month. Mm-hmm. They're they're ranked they would be ranked 21th per Bartopik. For Per Bartovic. and both potential both potential opponents have been hot down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Memphis is actually eighth over the last month in Bartovic. Uh, FAU, Four. believe it or not, is fourteenth, and those are both good defensive teams. Well, Memphis has got the big win over Houston on yeah. Sunday too, and uh, so you know if if they're able to if they're able to uh, force in, force Purdue to, to shoot threes and keep the ball away from Edie.
0: Mm-hmm. And Purdue's not hot. They, both of those teams, I think, have a shot at, at upsetting Purdue. Well, you know one way you keep the ball out of Zachary's hands? Full court, press them. True. <laughs> if they never True. get the ball in their the front not court. A, yeah, they're, just not, they're not playing as well as they
1: had early in the year.
0: That I, I was very concerned with Purdue watching the Big Ten title game yesterday at how Penn State came back in the second half just full-court press and just, we're going to make these guards handle the ball and make good decisions. And they really struggled with it. And it would not shock me if Memphis came in, you know, very athletic, fast-tempo team. If they came in and said, we're just going to full-court press Purdue, we're going to make these guards shoot threes, I absolutely could see the Memphis Tigers beat them. Another interesting fact uh,
1: is Purdue is a a number one seed that was not ranked at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And I believe I read on ESPN's website, there's been five such teams. Okay. None of them have ever gone to the final four, and I believe four of them were gone after the first weekend. So that does not bode so well. So that doesn't, you know, that it, it's not guaranteed, but it doesn't bode well for them. So I, I see them as a possibility. Uh, I think Indiana is, 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 is ripe for an upset. Uh, In round one? Round one or round two. Mm-hmm. They... Uh, they can be very good on the eye test depending on the game you watch them with they're they're incredibly inconsistent if, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they would be rated bartovic eighty second over the over the last month with a four four wins and four losses well yeah uh, it
0: seems like they've alternated win loss win loss win
1: loss Kent, Kent state is a pretty good team uh I think they're only going i think they're only going to be favored by three or four points if I remember correctly in that one mm-hmm. and uh so, I, I think uh, I also think another another low seeded team that could potentially give them problems would be Drake in round two. Mm-hmm. So, so I, you, you, I could see them as a team that's not not there at the end of the at the end of that weekend, so do you possibly have, in the first. I think they're probably of the top four seeds of the top four the top four seeds in each region. They are probably the most likely to go down in the first round.
0: So, do you have Drake beating Miami? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, because I'll I'll be honest. I think that the um. The winner of that Indiana Kent State game, I think, is going to be in the Sweet 16. Miami concerned me a lot. Like, we know that they've got guards for days, right? Nigel Pack, Isaiah Wong, like, they just have all these guards that can really play, but they're really small. And I think if you get Indiana with Trace Jackson Davis against that Miami team, I think he's just going to eat down low all game. And then Kent State, they have a few other, like, Kent State's got some guards too. Sincere carry is no slash. So I I really like your call of uh, Indiana going home in round one, and I think that Kent State gives you a possibility of going to the Sweet Sixteen as a 13 seed. Yeah, yeah. Miami is is a very weak defensively, 132
1: Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think Drake is I really think Drake is going to upset them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake is 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 has has been number 23 Bartovic over the last uh, month,
0: so they're a team that's that's hot. So I think that, I think there's an opportunity for might them get a 12 there. 13 matchup. Yeah 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 all right so there you have it so for the pick to go home highest seed that goes home in the first weekend I have got the Baylor Bears my dad has officially Purdue and then Miami or uh, Indiana as well Yep. okay so we're gonna take a quick breather and then we're gonna get to a big topic the biggest first round upset All right, so the big one that everybody wants to talk about, because the past two seasons we've had a 15-seed beat a 2-seed, which, fun fact, has never happened three years in a row in the NCAA tournament. So we are looking now to find the biggest first-round upset. So I don't think you're going to be picking a 15-seed, are you, Dad?
1: No, I think the gaps <laughs> between the 2s and the 15s are just too huge, and really I didn't see any 3-14s that, that that stuck out as a possibility.
0: Okay, so who you uh, got?
1: So I've got, uh, I've got, I've got Kent uh, – uh, 13 Kent State beating number four Indiana Kent has played really well on the road against top top ranked teams they only lost to Houston by at Houston by four and at Houston only, at Houston okay and they only lost at Gonzaga by seven so they can play with the big boys uh, they are the spread on this game is going to be probably four uh, Indiana has not played well down the stretch they're 80. Ranked 82nd in Bartovic uh, Bart- Bart- yeah. over the last month. Uh, the only caveat on that is is Indiana's got a couple of big-time big guys. Yeah, they do. and uh, Trace Jackson Davis and Ray Thompson. They The, the concern there is whether Kent, Kent State gets exploited by those guys. But I, I think Kent State's got a good chance to pull that one
0: off. I, I like the Kent State call. I think that's an intriguing one. Um, I'll be totally honest. When I was kind of disappointed when the bracket show was revealed because – to me, the four seeds and the five seeds that I wanted to pick against didn't get the appealing matchups, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I was so ready to send Virginia home in round one to Kent State um, but or, you know, to somebody like that as a 13 seed. But I don't have a whole lot of faith in Furman. The no. Big South – or the SoCon, excuse me, has not done a whole lot of damage in this NCAA tournament. So, uh, I've got Virginia moving on. That was one that I wanted to pick and didn't. Now, the other one that I really wanted to pick, and I just don't know if I'm going to be able to pull the trigger on, is UC Santa Barbara over Baylor. I've mentioned how concerned I am about Baylor, just the fact that they're not very good defensively. They're dependent on isolation jumps shooting, but I still think that'll be enough to get by UC Santa Barbara, although UC Santa Barbara does have a legit player in A.J. Mitchell. He's probably going to score 20 to 30 in this game and you know, be a name that everybody's talking about if they win, but I just don't have enough confidence in them to pick that game. Now, the one that I am picking, and I am absolutely locking this one into the bracket, is I'm picking Charleston over San Diego State. So Charleston, when you look at their profile, they are a high-variance team. What I mean by that is things can go really well or things can go really poorly. They take threes at the ninth highest rate in the country. So you're going to be looking at a team that if their threes go in, they're going to be going in in bunches and they're going to be putting up points. And I don't know if San Diego state has the offense to keep up with that kind of offensive output. If, you know, Charleston does end up filling it up. Now, I guess the counter argument would be that San Diego State ranks as a good three-point defense, but they do play teams that don't take a whole lot of them. San Diego State is 280th in the nation at defensive three-pointers per field goal attempt. Translation, there's only about 70 more teams that are getting less threes attempted on them than San Diego State. Now, Charleston has also already beaten a tournament team. They've beaten Kent State, who we've really liked on this podcast already. Uh, And San Diego State's only beaten three, Utah State, Nevada, and Boise. Not a tournament team out of the mountain west who san diego state has beaten so what do you think about charleston dad
1: i actually feel strongly about uh, san diego state to be okay honest. they are uh they're 14 ken palm they're not they number 10 defensively ken palm really strong team mm-hmm. and if you look at how they've played over the last month uh they are they were 15th ranked 15th on bartovic over mm-hmm. the last month and number one defensively okay and while they haven't, while they while they don't have a lot of uh, marquee auto uh, conference wins, the Mountain West is a pretty tough conference. Okay, you know you've got Boise, Utah State in the tournament. Nevada in the first four. Nevada Nevada's in the first four, uh, as you and I know. Nevada, Las Vegas is competitive. Mm-hmm. Some of the other teams in that league New Mexico is not New Mexico's bad either. It's not a yeah. bad team. So I I I, re, I like San Diego State to go to the to beat Virginia in the next round and go to the Sweet Sixteen. So. You never know Charleston, like you said, they can get hot and, mm-hmm. and they could pull it off. But uh, yeah, because you I know like
0: it's one of those old edges, like you know, better off or good defense can be beaten by better offense. And so I think that you know, no matter how good the defense San Diego State plays, if Charleston fills it up with a lot of threes, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for the Aztecs. And I really like Charleston to go to the Sweet 16, if I'm being honest. I, I'm calling that right here. Um, I do not fear Virginia. Um, watching them play against Duke, now this is no slight on Duke. Duke's a very good basketball team. But Virginia just couldn't score. Like, they had no offense whatsoever. The injury to Ben Vanderplas has really condensed the spacing. They don't have the same shooting on the perimeter out of their bigs that they used to. Uh, and so I really think that Charleston's going to beat San Diego State. But I think that either one of them is going to beat Virginia. Do you agree? Yes, definitely. Okay. All right, is there another – upset that you're eyeing in the first round so I will give you one that might be a little like I'm not picking this in my bracket but this is just Mm. one to look out for Mm -hmm. Uh, I like UCLA a lot but the injury status to some of their guys is a little concerning. I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be the same UCLA that we've seen the last month of the season. And UNC Asheville has some dudes like Drew Pember is, you know, he's 6'9", he's long, he's athletic, he can shoot. Like it would not shock me to see UNC Asheville hanging around with UCLA. You, you agree on that one?
1: Yeah, I think they can hang around. I think UCLA though with uh with Hawkes and uh Tiger Campbell. Tiger Campbell, yeah. I just think they're they're just so experienced; they won't let They'll, that happen. They're not gonna. They're yeah. not going they're, they're not gonna lose. They, they. They could. It could be a very close game. So uh, maybe cover the spread, but not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. And you know, there's yeah. 15 and 14 seem to do that every year that seem to cover the spread and you know give them a scare and not yeah. not come through. I think that's one. UCLA that
1: has played so well over the last two tournaments that it's just.
0: Hard to predict for them to have a letdown. agree completely and, and you'll hear what I think of UCLA in the you know the final four yeah, that we do later yeah. but I just think that you know maybe that's one that might have a little bit of scariness to it mm-hmm. just want to look yeah. out for it. but generally speaking, I think that the ones and twos are kind of above and beyond every other seed in this tournament I think and so I think that when you're looking at it, there's much less likelihood for a 215 this year than any other. Year. like i like i think these two seeds they're all very close to being one seeds and yeah. so i think i don't think it's likely that there's a 215 or yeah, sure as heck not going to be a 116 this year all right so that does it for the biggest first round upset so we're going to take a quick breather and then we're going to talk about how you can pick your games to maybe get an edge in your bracket pools coming up next All right, so next up, we're going to tell you some strategies that you can use on how to pick games to win your office pool. So that way that, you know, if you're in an office pool, that way it's not Jan from accounting winning for the third straight year. Or in our case, mom beating us like she does occasionally. Yes. You know, mom had UConn when Kemba Walker won it. That was the big memorable one for me. But anyway, we're going to talk about how you can win those pools, right? So. Mm When you pick games, there's all kinds of different things you can use, right? You can use the eye test. You can use advanced analytics. You can just pick based off of whatever, right? But Mm -hmm. there's pros and cons with all of them. So what I've generally found is actually watching the games and using the eye test gives you a little bit of a distorted perception of these teams. Would you agree? Yes. Because I feel like with the eye test, like if I were to watch Indiana one night, uh, maybe when they beat Purdue, it would be a totally different perception than if I watched Indiana lose to one of the other mediocre teams in the Big Ten, right? You don't have a full sample size. So if you're going to use the eye test and what you've seen to predict games, you better have seen all of the games for a given team or else you're not going to have a complete picture of what that team looks like. What do you think?
1: When I first used to get into to office pools, mm-hmm. my uh, my saying was, the less basketball you watch, the better off you are. Yeah. Because, uh, in all honesty, a small sample size is worse than no sample size. I would agree. Because, again, it can, it can, it can really distort your perception, and, uh, and you can make some really bad picks. Uh, the other thing I think that com- can come into play there is, is personal bias. Mm-hmm. You know, beware of picking teams you, you like unless the, unless the metrics back it up. Yeah. And the other thing I would also say is beware of conference bias. Mm-hmm. If your favorite team is from a particular conference, and you watch those teams day in watch, day out, day in, yeah. day in, and day out, uh, validate your opinions of those teams with with analytical data, as opposed to just what you've you seen. Know, as, yeah. as, as you and I, as you are well aware, I went to an A10 school. Yeah. and follow A10 basketball. So you picking VCU and in the years? Not, no, actually, <laughs> I'm not. But what my my point was in the years that in the years the A10 has had a lot of teams. I've tended tended to pick. Pick some of those, and it hasn't always gone well for yeah. me. And uh, I would say the same thing about VCU. Watching them, I'm really high on them. But when you look at the metrics, it doesn't. It doesn't. Out. It doesn't yeah. match the. It doesn't match the. Uh, the eye test. So, I think it's. It has some value. You got to watch a lot of basketball to get
0: a large enough sample size for it to help. Mm-hmm. And validate what you see with data Mm -hmm. now another thing too that we've seen over the years is there's always the hot team coming into the tournament right like the best example 2011 UConn we just mentioned them when mom picked them right because they go on that run in the big east tournament they're incredible in that tournament they're incredible in the NCAA tournament and it works out but you know for every 2011 UConn there's a 2022 Virginia Tech where they win the ACC they get in as 11 seed and Texas just wipes the floor with them because Texas is better and last year, there was another one of those as well, Iowa. You know, they come into the tournament after winning the Big Ten, and Richmond outplays them. Yes. But the, you know, the flaw with Iowa was they didn't play any defense. Yeah, And so, you know, it doesn't matter how hot you are. If you're not actually going to play defense, you're not going to win the games. And so when you think about those hot teams, this year, Duke, to me, is like the prime example of the hot team, right? Uh, beware that there's a lot of volatility with that. And ne- it's not necessarily always a good idea to pick the team that's coming in the hottest. All right. Now, another tool, as opposed to, you know, your own eye test that a lot of people use is Kenpom, Palm, Kenpom.com. I use it a lot on my DFS podcast because it's really good at identifying mismatches, identifying, you know, what teams you're good at, who's getting minutes, all that stuff. So what do you think about Kenpom as a tool to predict NCAA tournament games?
1: Oh, I think it's I think it's very good. It, mm-hmm. it eliminates bias. Uh, it provide gives you a full season sample size, which is important, like we um, talked about with the eye test. And if you if you go back and look at history, it's been a fair predictor of tournament success.
0: Teams that rank high in Ken Palm generally do well in the NCAA tournament. They they do like it. Now there's every now and then there's cases where it doesn't work. Right, it's not foolproof. Yeah. but you know, generally speaking, Ken Palm's a pretty good tool. Now, would there be a weakness to using Ken Palm? Yeah, there's a
1: couple. I, I don't think it always accounts for matchup issues. mm Hmm. You know, one team can actually have better metrics than the other, but because maybe maybe they don't match up at the
0: guard position or up front, it's a, it's a one can, team can be a bad matchup for another. Totally agree, and it also doesn't take into account injuries. I had that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, like like Tennessee yeah. was a Kai Ziegler. Their Ken yeah. profile's profile is not the same in the last three games that it has been the entirety of the yes, season. Yes, and
1: I, as I was going through the bracket, I was wrestling with how to account for UCLA's injuries, mm-hmm. you know, as well as Marcus Sasser at Houston, what – and again, there's not a lot of information on the status there, but yeah. what what kind of impact that has. The other thing, it doesn't account for teams peaking or slumping at the end of the season. Accurate. Which which actually, Bartovic is a great tool for that. Bartovic.com, Bartorvid, yep. Bartovic. You can actually do that for free. You can go in there, it rank teams, and you can select the date window. Mm-hmm. So what I did this morning before I looked at my bracket was I, I uh, set the date from February 15th on. So I was looking mm-hmm. at the last month. Month of action and how teams were ranked and performed over that last month to kind of
0: give me a feel for for who's hot and who's not. Mm-hmm. Now I will give you a few trends, kind of with Ken Palm here, right? So mm-hmm. with Ken Palm, if you're using Ken Palm to pick um, your games, always beware of the underseed Ken Palm team. You know like the best example of this was 2021 Loyola Chicago. They came into a tournament as a nine seed. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry. They were an eight seed. Excuse me. They they were in, they beat the nine seed Georgia Tech. They beat the one seed Illinois. They were ninth in Ken Palm heading into the tournament. Yeah. If you're really highly rated in Ken Palm and you're. Um, Seating greatly like is lower than that that's generally a good indicator term, of term success like wichita state had a few years where they did that 2016 and 2017 yeah. is there anybody else that comes to mind for that like do you have any other examples well, obviously
1: wichita state in in 2017 was obviously one.
0: Oh yeah when they that, beat dayton when they beat yeah dayton. that was a
1: Saturday. the other thing i would say with that too is you got to even be more aware of that because ken palm doesn't account for garbage time Oh, that's like, also you know, true. As you, as you and I, re, as you and I recall, the 2020 Dayton team mm-hmm. that never got to play for the, the tournament, yeah. was ranked was ranked fourth in Kempom. They weren't particularly high in defense. I think they were 38th overall. But as you and I know, they blew a lot of games were, A yeah. lot of their games were over at halftime. And, and the defense was great in the first half when they built the lead, and not necessarily as great when they were playing with a twenty-point. Yes, yeah, so you point get lead, that so. full forty minutes. So sample. if anything, yeah. it's even more. You really, it's even
0: more so of a thing to watch for with mid majors. So. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the national champions and how Ken Palm has done with that. Recently, it's been not great. Last year, Kansas was sixth in Ken Palm pre-tournament, and they won the national championship. Kentucky was higher yeah. rated in Ken Palm than Kansas, and Kentucky lost in the first round. Yeah. Um, in twenty twenty one, Baylor was two to Gonzaga. So, and those two teams played in the mm-hmm. title game. That's a pretty yeah. good prediction yeah. for Ken Pom. 2019, Virginia was one heading into the tournament and they won the national championship. So, Ken Pom's had a pretty good run of teams near the very top, yeah. tend to do very well in the tournament. However, you, you don't look at 2018 for that because that is the outlier. <laughs> yeah, 2018, Virginia came to the tournament, number one overall seed, number one on Ken Pom, and the great loss to UMBC that is going to be remembered forever. So, basically, when you're picking these games, you know, use your eye test, use Ken Palm, use whatever you want. Nothing is foolproof and nothing is going to end up perfect, right? But if you are able to make unbiased decisions based off of numbers, um, based off of what you've seen, you know, evaluating it unbiasedly, that's generally the best way that you're going to pick games, generally how you're going to win a bracket pool. Also, if you want to win a bracket pool, don't pick the number one overall seed. Because you're not going to – it's like we talk about in DFS with ownership. You're not going to have leverage on the rest of the field. If you pick Alabama and everybody in your pool picks Alabama, congratulations. You might get Alabama right, but you're going to have to beat everybody else on the other 62 games. So um, if you really want to win a pool, that is not the way to go about it. A couple of nuggets
1: on Ken Palmer Mm -hmm. in the last 10 years. Go for it. there's a 90% chance your national champion is going to come from the top ten and top six in Kenpom. Top six. Okay. Top six. The outlier is 2014 UConn. UConn? Nowhere close to that. Uh, I think they were 15th in Kenpom. Mm-hmm. Also, the number one team in Kenpom, pre-tournament, mm-hmm. advances to the Final Four 50% of the time. And, and who the is, Elite Eight, 80% of the time. Who is
0: that team this year?
1: Houston. Mm-hmm. Very important to note there. So... So that team, odds are that team is going to be around for at least the
0: second weekend, Mm -hmm. if not the Final Four. All right. So there you have it, tips on how to win your pool. Now, to close it, we're going to close with our Final Four and our National Championship coming up after this quick break. All right. So kind of the, uh, the climax here. We're going to be picking our Final Four teams and then going through it with the National Champion. So coming out of the South... I have Alabama coming out of the South. You know, they're the number one overall seed. Yeah, I know it's the easy pick, but I don't have enough faith in West Virginia to pick them to beat them in round two. And I really don't like the fours or fives to beat them in the Sweet 16. We've talked about how I don't trust Baylor. I don't have a whole lot of faith in Arizona either. I see Alabama coming out of this region quite easily, in my opinion. I think the Creighton NC State winner will probably be their opponent in the Elite Eight. Um, So I've got Alabama coming out of the South. Who do you have?
1: I had Alabama as well for many of the same reasons. I just don't see any strong competition. They should be favored by at least eight in their first three games and by five and a potential matchup with Arizona, who could who could easily lose to Creighton before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sleeper in this region I could see would be Creighton. Mm-hmm. I think they have the potential to uh,
0: to make some noise. To make some noise. Okay. But I,
1: I, I, I have a hard time seeing anybody but Alabama winning that one.
0: All right now the East region. Who you got coming out of the East Region?
1: I've got Marquette. This is probably the widest, most wide open of the four regions.
0: I agree. I don't trust anyone I, in this I don't region. trust
1: anybody. Marquette has been the most consistent team in the in the region, they went nineteen and and two down the stretch. Duke is going to be a trendy pick. They match up well with Purdue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say beware of the eye test in that a ten tournament. I just don't think ACC the a- tournament. ACC yeah. tournament. Excuse me. I just don't think the ACC is that strong this year. Uh, as a sleeper, I could see Kentucky coming out of this region. Okay. Uh, if you look at their performance over the last uh, the last month. They've been a top five team per Bartorvik. And uh, I could they've got you know, they've got a great play an NBA player in way, mm-hmm. and a couple of other, Case couple in other Wallace, solid players. Yeah. They're very athletic. Uh, it would not shock me at all if Kentucky were to win this region.
0: I, I don't mind the Kentucky or the Marquette picks, honestly. I This region's tough to me. Like, I I don't trust anybody. And I've got Kansas State coming out of it. Uh, Now, maybe you could call this Big 12 bias on my part, but I I just think that they've got two guys, right? Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson. They're going to have two of the best three players on the floor every time they touch it. And I think that playing in the Big 12 night in, night out prep them for playing in these big games in, you know, big-time environments. And I I just see Kansas State as the one that comes out. I think you're going to get... Those two guys specifically making names for themselves in this tournament coming out of the region. All right, now let's head on over to the Midwest. And you you might want to call me a homer for this one, but I've got the Texas Longhorns. I, I just really like how they're playing right now. They're peaking at the right time. Everybody on all the analysts, they're saying that, Kansas should have gotten the number one overall seed. Well, guess what? They just got beat by 20 on a neutral floor that wasn't really that neutral. It was in Kansas City by Texas. They're so balanced offensively and defensively. They're 18th and 11th in Ken Palm offensively, then defensively. They're experienced, you know, with Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen. They're an old team, and they have a lot of guys who can get their own shot. I've just really been impressed with how Texas has played lately. Yeah, call me a homer, whatever, but I've got the Texas Longhorns. Who do you have? I went with Houston.
1: Uh... And that assumes that uh, Marcus Sasser is able to play by the Sweet 16. Mm, I think, I, I, think get, he I think they get through the first weekend easily without him. Uh, I'm hoping they just held him out of that uh, American Athletic final. Precautionary. Call for, for precaution. Yeah. They, they had wrapped up a one seed. Uh, they've got tons of experience. They've done well, I think, in the last three tournaments. They've got national championship metrics, and they've got one of the easiest paths to the Elite Eight.
0: I, I agree completely. I, I would be thoroughly shocked if this region doesn't come down to a Houston-Texas showdown. If Sasser can't play, I like Texas. Mm-hmm. Texas
1: is really good. Uh, I would pick Texas in the east in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the west. But uh, I really like Houston mm-hmm. if Sasser's able to go.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's gonna, that, that has the chance to be one of the games of the tournament, right? Two yeah. teams playing good basketball, good yeah. on both sides of the ball. And really, I think it's quite possible your national champion ends up coming out of that specific game if you get Houston versus Texas. All right, so now let's head down to the bottom right corner of the bracket, the West region. And I've got UCLA. However, I'm going to put a little bit of an asterisk on this one. I want to get as much updates on possible as Adem Bona's injury. Um, He was held out of the last game of the Pac-12 tournament because of an injury we know that they're not going to have Jalen Clark for sure but I really think that that one doesn't affect them too much you're going to have Tiger Campbell and Amari Bailey picking up the slack um so I really don't I'm not too concerned about the Jalen Clark injury but if bonus hurt they have no size down low so that really concerns me I'm going to want to get an update on that before I lock this one in but UCLA they're super experienced they're the number one defensive team on Ken Palm and I'll be honest with you dad I don't think Kansas makes it to the Elite Eight. I have UConn beating Kansas. I have
1: UConn beating them as well.
0: UConn would actually be favored against Kansas, according to Ken Palm, ESPN's BPI, and Bart Torvik. So I don't think that's that much of an upset call, but everybody seems to like Kansas because, you know, they have all the quad one wins, but of course you're going to pick up all the quad one wins because in the Big 12, every game is a quad one opportunity, it seems like. So I really, I think Kansas loses in the Sweet 16, and I really think UCLA is going to go on to the Final Four. Um... And so, yeah, the UCLA is my pick. Who do you have out of this region? I've got Gonzaga. Okay.
1: I was, uh, I was all in on UCLA until the recent, recent injuries to Clark and Bona. Mm-hmm. If Bona is able to play, I still think they've got a good shot of coming out. Uh, and going with Gonzaga, they really seem to right the ship after their early season losses to Texas, Purdue, and Baylor. Mm-hmm. They went 23-2 and down the stretch, including a 10-point win over Alabama at Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had two convincing wins over number eleven St. Mary's. Yeah, they blew out St. Mary's in yeah, the they Mary's in that uh, championship. So, so they've got a great player in Drew Timmy, depth, a lot of tournament experience. Uh, that being said, this is a stacked region. Mm-hmm. UCLA is good. Kansas obviously is good. And like you though, I think UConn is going to beat beat Kansas, and it wouldn't shock me if they if they won this region. They've got a really good resume.
0: Yeah, and UConn too. UConn's deep. Like, they just have a lot of guys that can come in. You know, they all have defined roles. They got the seven-footer, Donovan Klingen, who plays, like, 10 minutes. He's kind of like college basketball's Boban. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so I will probably be changing that pick to to UConn if, like, news breaks in the next two days that Adem Bone is out for the season. That That's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we got to pick a national champion. So in your bracket, who would you have in the national championship game, and who did you have winning it?
1: Okay, I have uh... – I have Alabama over Marquette in the Final Four. Uh I think again, I think Alabama is just a stronger team there. Marquette uh, probably came out of the weakest region. Good team, good team could be a competitive game, but I like Bama there. Uh, I like uh, Houston or Gonzaga. I like Houston, Mm -hmm. assuming Sasser's healthy. Uh, Without Houston, uh, I think it's going to be Gonzaga. I think that's enough of an edge for them. They've been close so many times. Mm -hmm. At some point, they're finally going to bust through the door.
0: Okay. Now, for my bracket, I had Alabama in the national championship game as well. I had them beating uh, Kansas State. Alabama's just too talented. Like, I just think that that's a significant talent advantage, and they'll make it to that game. And then I had Texas beating UCLA. I think Texas is peaking at the right time. Um, So, the kind of the the very end here, who do you have as your national champion, Deb? I've got Houston. Okay, again, number one Ken Pom team. Sasser's
1: healthy. Uh, if for some reason they're
0: not around, I think it's Gonzaga. Okay. And you can call me a homer if you want. I've got the Texas Longhorns. I can certainly see that. They're I, an excellent team. I just think that watching them this past weekend, in the Big Twelve tournament, they had an answer for everything. Like, Kansas tried about seven different strategies for defending them, and mm-hmm. none of them worked. Uh, you know, when they tried trapping Marcus Carr, he just hit to DeSue on the short roll, and he was either going to float it or find an open shooter in the corner. And offensively, I like that they have so many different counters to whatever teams can do defensively. And they still play really good defense, right? Rodney Terry is – he might not be the defensive coach Chris Beard was, but they're still playing defense for him, and they're playing it very well. And – I just really think when you look at peaking at the right time, you look at the narrative behind them playing for Rodney Terry. I think they're really rallying around him, and you're going to get the best basketball from the Texas Longhorns in this tournament. I have Texas cutting down the nets on that Monday. Texas is really connected
1: on Mm -hmm. both sides, both sides of the floor. And I've watched quite, you know, full disclosure, I've watched quite a few of their games. Mm -hmm. They seem to be really connected Mm -hmm. in terms of communication on defense, offensive passes, knowing where guys are going to be. That
0: seems like be a really connected team, so it would not surprise me at all if they pulled down the nets. All right, so there you have it. We've got Houston and Texas cutting down the nets on Monday, April 3rd. All right, so, Dad, it's going to be a lot of fun, you know, in all the bracket pools, watching all these games Thursday and Friday. One of the best times in the sports calendar. Dad, thank you for taking the time to sit down and join me here on this podcast. Had a lot of fun. My pleasure. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, anytime you get to talk about college basketball with another person who watches a lot of college basketball and knows a lot about it, just a lot of fun. Hopefully we were able to give you guys some information that you can make uh um, Or you can use the information to help make your picks to win a bracket pool, beat Jan from accounting this year, um, and just do as good as you can in these picks. And um, there you have it for this episode, guys. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see y'all next time.